Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Thank you to Nobles Networking for the free internet. Y'all check them out. They are awesome. Chris, thank you, buddy. Uh, based out of Cochran, Georgia, look him up on Facebook. Thanks for Red Circle, putting a little change in my pocket. Uh, Bourbon Joy to chocolates that have been sent to me here lately. Thank y'all. All the other sponsors of the show. Um, appreciate it to each and every one of y'all. Today, I have no idea what we're about to do. Uh, I know it's about to be fun because uh, I got some grown ass men in here with me right now. Uh, I'm gonna start off to As my right. To. <laughs> uh, usually it's women lately, uh, or just men who act like women. Um, some of them transformers, as y'all like to joke about. Uh, to my right, Mr. Chuck Hutchinson. He's been on the show several times. Y'all always like him. Very well educated uh, music producer, and uh, thank you for coming, Chuck. Good to be here. Uh, to him, uh, we got a new friend to the family. Uh, Mr. Aaron, uh, it's Aaron Watson, right? I wish. No. Tanner. Tanner. <laughs> Fuck Texas. I'm I'm still on Texas time. I uh, like, what? well, Mr. Tanner, thank you. Sorry I screwed your yes, name up already, thank but you. yeah, it's, it's going to happen more than once. I'm bad. Well, sometimes they get Aaron Tippin, Aaron Watson. Is, this, you know. hey, you're in the right ballpark. That's all that matters. Yeah, there we you, go. You just let them keep calling you that shit, and you'll be good to go. Oh, boy. Uh, Oh my gosh, I love this guy. He looks like a bird, but he's my favorite bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you remember last night the set? The yeah, 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 I get yeah, in trouble. Where you go. Uh, Mr. Casey Yarbrough, thanks for coming, big fella. Josh, thank you for having me, brother. It's so good we, to see you. We definitely got to turn your mic up, or you got to get closer to hey, it. Hey, I'm here. Okay, you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be a professional, sir. Can you get a little closer? Testing. Hey, hey test it again. Testing one. Hey, two. We should have tested it for, but you know what? It makes everybody laugh when I'm when I mess shit up. Um, so yeah, there you go. That you're good now. It's right where awesome. it needs to be. Uh, and next to him, Tyler Branch. He's trying not to get emotional right now because Casey's in the room. No, oh, it's like I don't know. There's something weird there. I like I like the way y'all look at each other. <laughs> we have I mean, a bromance. Oh, dude, me, mine and his is <laughs> yeah. getting weird. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday morning we end up. Uh, he was laying in the bedroom, and I, I just wanted to go wake him up. So I went and got in bed with him. And uh, very quickly realized that this is what it's like to be on the road with you guys. <laughs> I'm cool with it. He's I can, down. I can deal with it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things have been going on the past couple of days. we got some good stuff coming up with the Riders Round retreat and everything this week. Uh, but Mr. Chuck has been telling me about Aaron for a while now. And uh, Aaron, you uh, kind of go back and forth between Nashville and over close to Vidalia, right? Yes, sir. Well, uh Tell them a little bit about yourself before we get into anything else, and we're going to let you pick and play a song to kick this off, and then we're going to roll from there. No, I, uh, well, I'm Aaron Tanner. I'm originally from uh, Denton, Georgia. Most people have no idea where that is. Um, and it's just as easy for y'all not to know as me try to explain it. But um, originally from there, grew up there, and then uh, moved up to near Vidalia when I was a teenager. Married a girl from Kibbe and got held captive there. So I live in Kibbe now. I got a wife and two little girls. And, um, and back in 2019, I started kind of pushing my own. I've been writing songs since I was like 14. Um, but I played with some family bands, bluegrass, southern gospel bands. And then uh, back in 2019, I started pushing my own music. And uh, so here we are. Like I said, we've been going back to me and my manager, back to Nashville every other month or so, every three months. We'll go for a week or so. Shout out Terry Richardson. Back. Yeah, shout out Terry Richardson. He couldn't make it today, but um, he's but, a member of the Grand Ole Opry. Isn't he? Yeah, I, I believe so. Something like he used to um, 
they called him the interviewer. He said he used to go backstage and he had a, a press pass and he could just wander backstage wherever he wanted to and talk to whoever. And he knows everybody. And uh, he all he knows guys. all the old old guys, Roy Acuff and Grandpa Jones. And I I asked him one time when he was riding, I was like, who haven't you met? And he said, well, the newer guys I had met. He said I hadn't been um, since the <clears throat> the Opry changed over in like '07, I think it was. They got this new manager and he was, you know, he. An asshole. Yeah, he um he he made the comment. It, 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 I knew with your facial expression <laughs> that you didn't. Want I to, I have you not didn't know how to say. It. I have not met him, but that's that. From all intents and purposes, that's what has been relayed to me. But uh, he was quoted as saying, "When I get done, there'll be not there won't be a gray hair in the audience or on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry." He just wanted to do away with tradition. And anyway, so it kind of kicked Terry. I think that was like an 07 or 05 or something like. That. But anyway, anybody before that, he said he's pretty much met him except for. Uh, I think you said the, the California guys like Buck Owens and Dwight Yoakam, you hadn't met them. So I'll say, you met uh, George Jones? Yeah, I met George Jones. You met Merle Haggard? Yeah, Merle Haggard. I met Waylon. I met, uh, uh, I think you said Johnny Cash, everybody. I'm you like, man. I go bet he's got some good-ass stories. Oh, yeah. You go on Terry's Facebook page, he's got pictures of so many people. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the coolest. Just all, so many people. One of the coolest stories I think he told me is um, <clears throat> he said one time back in this is the 80s or 90s or something, they were at a party. And he said, I admit, I was drinking a little bit. He said, I wasn't drinking too bad, but I was drinking a little bit. And um, he said that Tanya Tucker and uh, – I forgot who was with her – said, hey, we're going to go over to our house. You want to come with us? He said, yeah. And so they, they went uh, over to Tanya Tucker. I think it was when she was dating Glenn Campbell. Uh, went over to their house, and he said they were hanging out, and, and Tanya said, uh, hey, come here. I want to show you something I've been working on. And she showed him this song, and I guess maybe sung him part of it, but it was that song, Bring My Flowers Now. The one she released a couple of years ago and got the Grammy. And uh, mm -hmm. he said she just started writing it back. This is like the late 80s, I think, or something like that. Wow. And, uh, you know, she had said she started writing it and then finished it here a few years ago. And uh, but I was like, now that's cool. He was there for the birth of that song all those years ago, and now it's got a Grammy. See, that's awesome. You know? Don't that make you feel good about shit we got going on? Uh -huh. Picking and playing another night, and you don't know where anything's going to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you got Aaron's going to be part of some of the stuff that we do, too. Oh, yeah. It's going it's to be good. Another oh, yeah. cool story with Terry um, – um, his uh, partner a few years ago out of the Vidae area, Judy Turner, Judy Hooks uh, Turner. Uh, Judy and Terry used to book shows over at the Vidae Tech School there, and they would bring in Blake Shelton, Trace Atkins before they got super big, and uh, Sammy Kershaw. But uh, Judy told me one time, she said, Look, Brian used to call me up all the time before he got big. Please, Miss Judy, please book me on the show. Please book me on the show. <laughs> and on his first album, they actually got little liner notes in there. Thanks to Terry and Judy for all they did. You know, So, so that's who uh, we have got to blame. Stories. What's that? I said, so that's who we have to blame. <laughs> we might I really wish he'd have stopped about after that third album. <laughs> oh, no, that one that he did recently, the Build your, uh, build Me a Daddy. Now, that one right here. Yeah, that that's is, tough. That's a tough one, but besides that, I can't tell you a Luke Bryan song I have liked in a hot-ass yeah. minute. He's got a, he's got, he's like a lot of those newer guys. Uh, he's got a really good voice. He just uses his own trash songs. I, I just think once you get to that point, you just don't give a shit no more. And you know the checks are going to come in. Well, that too. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Make that money. You yeah, big I mean, at that point. If, I, if you're that big, some producer or some radio, uh, label exec is telling you what to do at that yeah. point. Yeah, but, yeah, I think too. Like One reason I like, uh, I joke with Tyler about this all week. I, I like broke-ass musicians because I think that's where you get the best music from. <laughs> Absolutely. I think from the heartbreak and the struggle and the bullshit you go through, I think that's where good music comes from. That's where my I think, I think comes once from. you get complacent and everything starts <laughs> coming easy, you can't write a country song anymore. I think that's why it kind of goes to the poppy shit because it doesn't 
really have that essence. Yeah, what you got to write about anymore? anymore. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You don't got nothing to write about. Yeah. It's just like when you get married and you get fat. You got. <laughs> you got. He's like, what the fuck am I doing now? I mean, we're just gonna eat the rest of our lives and talk to one another. So we might as well have some good food. I mean, it's the same thing with music. Yeah. I ain't got shit going. Let's Never just, become complacent. Never become Never. complacent. Always yeah. want more. Absolutely. Well, Mister Mister Aaron, won't you uh, play this one? Me and uh, I've listened to the one that um, that Chuck sent me. I liked it. I liked the old timey feel to it. Which one was that? Is it Hallways? Is it Hallways? The one with the video? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, my friend just got married at that place. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful place. Oh, it is. It's very pretty. Yeah. We, we went down there for the wedding. I recognize it right off the bat. It's very pretty. Yeah. I, I kind of wish you'd play uh, the one the one you did. Thursday at my studio or Friday. Um, Jesus and the Marlboro Man. Jesus Smith and Weston and the Marlboro Man. Might he does that. I like the fucking name. That seems to be one of the crowd favorites. That one I actually wrote for my daddy. Um, he, before he met my mama, this is back in, well, song says it, 86. Um, he, was, he said he was a drunk. He said, I wasn't an alcoholic. I was drunk. He said, I'd go to the bar. I'd get drunk. If I couldn't start a fight, I'd get somebody else to start a fight. He said, I was. I know I, that guy. He, he said, <laughs> <laughs> I am that guy. <laughs> he said, he yeah. said, I was a rough character. <laughs> and I, I met a guy one time that used to, used to run with him back, back then. And he said, man, your daddy was, he was a mess. And he, he said, uh, but anyway, um, the song is about, you know, how God saved his soul one night. And um, he got down to the end of his rope and he was like, you know, I can't do this no more. And um, it's about that, and it's about some stories that he told. I remember him telling growing up about how his life used to be, and now he's been a pastor all my, pretty much all my life. And um, so I wrote this for him. And uh, the next album we make, whenever that is, I'm already, I told, told somebody today I'm already itching to get back in the studio, but I, number one, I ain't got no money. Number two, <laughs> um, uh, I don't want to crowd the EP, you know, that we just put out back in, back in December. But uh, let me... Put this strap on so this thing don't fall out my lap. Just angle it down whenever you, you know what you're doing. I tuned this beforehand. I promise I did. Cold November night in 1986 I took a long look at my life Said how did it come to this A half a pack of Marlboros A loaded 38 And a Bible on the table Wondering which road should I take Keep living like I was living or end it all right now Or give it all to Jesus If he wanted me somehow Then he came into the room And said I've been here all along Just watching and waiting For you to come back home And I thank God that he had mercy when I deserved none at all He washed away my sins and Made my troubles seem so small You ain't walked the road that I've walked 
And you'll never understand What it meant the night That I chose Jesus Over Smith and Wesson And the Marlboro Man said I was in that bar when you said don't let me die this way and I heard your mom and daddy every time they pray and I was the one who kept your bullets hid when there was murder in your heart and I was there every time your world fell apart and all the things you'll never tell it's bottled up inside I can wash it all away By my grace you'll be justified So he took away my guilt And he took away my shame And ever since that night I've never been the same And I thank God that he had mercy when I deserved none at all He washed away my sins And made my trouble seem so small You ain't walked the road that I've walked And you'll never understand What it meant the night That I chose Jesus Over Smith and Wesson And the Marlboro Man no, you ain't walked the road that I've walked And you'll never understand What it meant the night that I chose Jesus Over Smith and Wesson And the Marlboro Man Well, where the fuck has yeah. that been? Wow. <laughs> Good goodness Dude, gracious. Yeah. Killer song. Thank y'all. Thank you. Dude, that too, man. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what to expect. Thank y'all. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a very blunt person. It gets me in a lot of trouble. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say a lot of shit sometimes. <laughs> um, I, did, I did not know what to expect. Like me and Tyler the other day, uh, when we were listening to uh, the one he had sent me yeah. or whatever. Always in my I, mind. Um, the hallways one, right? Yeah, hallways yeah. of my mind. Hallways yeah. of my mind. Yeah, I, I liked your voice. I just couldn't. I, I just didn't know. Like you, you know, like when you hear some artists. Yeah, it's where you're. You don't know which way to go with it. You know, you like it, but it just doesn't doesn't grab you. Yeah. That has been the first one I've heard it. If that was the first song I heard of you, you'd have yeah. grabbed the shit out of me, and I'd have been telling you to hurry up and get your ass in here. <laughs> <laughs> now it's here. Well, yeah, thank you. Here. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Too. Well, well, honestly. Um, I feel like that's one of my best songs, and I got another, a few more that I feel like are better than some of the ones I put on the EP. But I, I guess I don't know, and I, I'm, I'm horrible at marketing. I, I've, I've come to find out, but my marketing concept when I started, I was like, "Well, I'm going to do an EP. I'm only going to do five songs. Nobody knows who in the world I am, so I don't want to waste my best songs on not being known. I want to." put it out there where I can kind of get a little buzz and then people are like, uh, who's this dude? Who's this dude? And kind of get a little bit of a buzz and then hit them. Kind of like 
got Tyson on the wall of there. Kind of like a one-two punch. You throw the jab to set up the, the cross and the, yeah. the knockout punch. I, that was the concept. Don't know if it's going to work, but that was the concept. I, I, think you're back, I think you're backwards on that one. <laughs> I, think, I think you just do one song. I think you, you figure out a way to market that one song, and you mm -hmm. come up with a gimmick with that song uh, to where you put it out on social media. You go ahead, and, and if, uh, if that one's that good – and you're you'll push yourself harder to write something that good again yeah. um and not just like send like settle for being mediocre or writing a mediocre song i think you have to go with your first punch because the first impression like yeah. i just like i just said the yeah first impression is what'll get you right. you fuck up that first impression you're in trouble hey tell them who where you work at uh i work at uh paul anderson youth home in um in vidalia uh, some people know what that is. Some people don't. Uh, I don't Paul, know what it is. Paul Anderson was a, a Olympic weightlifter, and he was like billed as the strongest man in the world. He lifted. Blew, he blew, yeah, he blew away the Russians in '56. Yeah, weeks. he I mean, he he's just from, stomped he's them. Boy. Yeah, he's from Georgia, and uh, he uh, he lifted like six thousand two hundred and eighty pounds, I think, it was on his back, like a, a back lift. It's not like a full squat or nothing. But like, like I was, if I was to get under this table and just pick it up off the mm -hmm. floor that would be a back lift so um he broke the, did broke the world record did that and then he started this home this christian home for uh teenage boys that have like charges and drug problems and and different stuff like that and um so i'm a mentor there that's what i do oh my, so you hate job. my mouth <laughs> <laughs> that's a, it's a, he, he left the church to come to the house of ill repute <laughs> I, I did i did everybody <laughs> Everybody talks so much trash about my lights outside because I'm stuck between two churches. There's a Jehovah's Witness church sitting next to me, and then there's another one on the other side mm -hmm. of me, on the other side of our other building. And, uh, yeah. Um, one of the things that Raising Grace stands for, though, is somewhere between Raising Hell and Amazing Grace. Yeah. And because uh, you, you, some of I believe that everybody that's been in here, um, we all got a wild side, but one thing you can find in common with everyone is we love the good Lord. And mm -hmm. we know that the only reason why we receive the blessings that we've received is because of him. Mm -hmm. And I, I say it all the time. I'm a Christian. I'm just not an example setter. Yeah. Uh, don't do what I <laughs> don't do what I do. This is between me and God over here. And that's that's kind of what my music is actually. And I figured we'll talk more about it later. Actually, about is, uh, you know, a lot of times, church folks have got enough music. There's there's a lot of time there's folks that's uh, out in you know bars and different places that need Jesus, and um. Everybody, everybody needs hope. Yeah, everybody, everybody needs, needs hope. Everybody yeah. needs Jesus. But, you know, you know what I mean. Some of the people that that, that need him worse, I guess so. But you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to go there with my music. And oh, and um, a, and lot. Yeah. I, a lot of my lyrics, like that song I just sung, my lyrics are really gospel. Like I said, I was raised in church. My daddy was a pastor. Um, I, I'm a preacher. But I... Um, my my sound is country, just one hundred percent. Because I grew up in the nineties, Alan Jackson, George Strait, and everything. So I'm oh, just yeah. straight country. Oh, you're hitting nineties country perfect and, with your voice. Yeah, and thank you, you. And how you played that. And and then for um for the longest time, uh, I didn't know what to do with my music. Like I said, I've been writing since I was fourteen, and and it always was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Because it's not you know mainstream gospel Christian music is like contemporary and and southern gospel quartets and stuff like that. And, and I don't like quartets. Don't like contemporary gospel, and um, but it, it's got the gospel lyrics. So I was like, well, I can't go sing in the bar, you know. Is they're not going to like it. So I just kind of sung at church, did my thing. Play, like I said, played with the bluegrass group and the southern gospel group with my 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 brother and my wife and all. And, and then finally, we did that for a few years, and uh, 
then we started all having so many babies we couldn't find babysitters anymore and then and everybody kind of dropped off and need a new hobby yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> we had there there was there was me and my wife my brother and his wife and then her t- my wife's two sisters and their husbands and all of us i think had like one or two youngins a piece at the is where we got to and then i think there's uh there, there has, they're still having some more, but anyway, and we were like, man, we can't find babysitters, so they all quit. And I tried to get Hannah, my wife, she writes songs, sings, plays guitar and mandolin, piano. I tried to get her to do like a guitar mandolin thing, do it, and she's like, eh, I'm in my, eh. I was like, and after a while, I was like, fine, forget you, I'm do it myself. And then I started, so I started pushing my songs, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna sing anywhere they'll let me sing, and I'm gonna call myself a country artist because that's what I am. And I'm gonna sing my songs about you know about Jesus and and about life and about you know the junk I've been through and everything. And uh, so far, you know, I was afraid somebody's gonna be like, "Oh, we don't want to hear no Jesus mess," you know, when I go to bars and stuff. But so far, everybody's loved it. Nobody's complained. People always love a you good know. story, man. Yeah. If you're, yeah. if you're it's the story, right. that's right. It's the story. But I tell you, uh, I I believe that you have preachers in this world and you have warriors, and you they both fight for the the same team. And some people don't want to just hear from a preacher. Like, even me, I'll tell you, I don't like organized religion anymore. I believe it is your relationship with God, and that's I let everybody live their life because there's so yeah. many different opinions on it. I, every conversation I have with God is between me and Him, and every conversation you have with yeah. is none of my business how you talk to God. Speaking of uh, speaking of warriors, I said, you didn't hear my story that happened to me last Sunday, did you? No, but I want you to get to it in just a minute. Yeah. Oh, I do. Uh, you had some crazy shit happen. Um, <laughs> but, no, I think you doing that, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but growing up, I can tell you just a few songs that my daddy, when he would get shit-faced, that you'd hear come on that radio, and it was one of the last ones you'd hear. And uh, a bunch of it was Hank uh, Sr., and it was his gospel songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it was Elvis's gospel yeah. songs and stuff like that. And so I, I think those drunks want to hear it just as just the people yeah. at the bar want to hear it just as bad yeah, because I, it, it hits you different. I was at a place one time. It was it was a bar up and up. We was doing a songwriter around me and one other guy was going back into up in uh, Cartersville, Georgia. And a guy come to me after after we sung, and he was strung out. He was shot out. And and if I'm not. I'm 99% certain this is what he said. He he come to me, he's like, man, I, I like your song. You know, he was all fidgety, you know, how junkies oh, yeah. are. And uh, and he was like, man, I like your songs, I like your music. He said, I love that, man. He said, yeah, I had to step out a minute, and I had to do some crack um, out there in the parking lot, and then I, I came back in. But, man, I love your music. I was like, good night, <laughs> son. <laughs> but, That's neat, isn't it? But, uh, but anyway, he, but he was telling me about how, you know, it made him think about his life and what he was doing with his life and how he needed to change and stuff. I'm like, well, that's, that's what I'm doing this for, you know. Yep. That's what I'm doing this for. And you was talking about how, you know, people are disenchanted with organized religion. I found that out a lot working with those boys um, at the home. We take boys between 16 and 21. And, man, they, they are that generation. Like our generation, I, I assume you're probably like early, mid-30s. 33. 33. So you're like two years older, a year or two older than me. So our generation and down. What, how old are you? I'm, I'll be 32 in July. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought you was 40 by the way you sing <laughs> and carry yourself. I mean, by I mean, it's yeah. a compliment, though. You, you, oh, seem, well, you yeah. seem like a distinguished yeah. older uh, guy. I, 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 yeah. I kind of wish, you know. I, I, you know That's that, the vibe you put off. That Alan Jackson song, I Was Just Born Too Late. I feel that, man. I was like, man, if I'd have, I, I wish I was born where I was about twenty in the fifties, I'd, I'd been straight. But anyway, but uh, but guys our age and or people in general our age and down has just been 
become so disenchanted with uh, organized religion because it's just, just, you know, so much fake. You know, on all ends of the spectrum. You know, a lot of put on. Just any, That's yeah, right. any any denomination you go to, you know, is for the most part, it's just you know a lot of. There's good, but there's good people in church. I, I ain't absolutely. gonna lie. There's yeah, absolutely right, good right. people yeah, in church. Yeah. I go I go to a really good church and and um and I, I don't know. I ain't never been to Chuck's church. I guess he probably goes to a good church or or whatever. And if y'all go to church, y'all might go to a good church. But I'm just saying, a lot of places and even most churches, there's at least one or two. Do you just kind of wish would leave yeah. and never come yeah. back? Yeah. And, and we've had people in our church before, and, and we've, we we don't run them off, but we're like, oh, man, they cause so much trouble. And then God would run them off. It's like something happened, they would just leave. We're like, praise God. See, I got, I got a theory, I've got a theory behind all of it. It's, it's not complicated. I think when it used to be hard to get to church is when you got to see who really was there for the right reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, you our grandparents, whoever. You used to have to walk to church, or you had to you oh, take yeah. the back roads hard to get there. You got to see then, yeah. And that's what all of us grew up with. Is we saw how our grandparents and our folks that how they dealt with church, and that was special. Yeah. I still think that's special. I, I've heard you know Tyler just talking this week about his family sitting around picking and playing the gospel music mm-hmm. and everything, like that, and I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that, and you don't hear about that anymore. Yeah, no. And it, you, know, I think COVID has kind of brought us back to that. Because they, they, there's, right. a, there's a pile of folks that, oh, we don't need to go to church. We might get Rona. Wasn't y'all at the ball game Friday night? Or wasn't y'all <laughs> at, at the beach or the Walmart? Well, at some point you in time, know. I really think that, in, especially in the South, if there's a lot of people that go for the wrong reasons, but they don't want to, they don't want the whole community to look like, oh, like they don't go to church. Yeah. That, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, that, it's a social club. That's yeah. exactly what yeah. it is. I, I said, uh, first time I got saved was completely for the wrong reasons. I got saved because this uh, the preacher at the time was talking about how bad hell was, and uh, at a thirteen year old boy, I didn't understand. Like I was just scared to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know fire God. insurance. Man. I, yeah, I, I didn't know yeah. God's love. I just didn't want to go to hell. Second time when I actually found God, it was because of just His love. And I think now with a lot of people, they just like you said, fake. They don't know mm-hmm. what to believe, who to believe in there. And when you walk in, you got. I mean, it's, it's, everybody knows so many damn hypocrites. Mm-hmm. There's so many damn people that you see in there that'll shake your hand at church but walk right past you in the aisle at Walmart because you got a damn 12-pack of beer in your buggy. Yeah, You know, they're not real. You know, you're supposed to love everybody regardless. I believe it said that the good Lord died for all of our sins uh, and every one of us, not just some of us, not just yeah. the ones that went to church. And the people, that, there's a lot of folks that just act like it. Like, if you don't yeah. go to church, you're going to hell. I don't believe it. I don't believe it, and I think it scares so many people off. Uh, when you have people, I know like the term "Bible thumper" gets thrown out here. You got some people that are just they they go t- not too far in it mm. because be passionate about what you believe in and everything, but don't look down on somebody else just because they don't see it yeah. the way you see it, and that That's scares a, people quick when it comes to there's religion. there's a lot of denominations on both ends of the spectrum that. They just get outside of the like if if the Bible says something's wrong, it's wrong, you know. But there's a lot of a lot of people that will go on this end and say, "Oh no, that's not wrong." Or there, there's people on the other end that'll say, "This is wrong and this is wrong," and I'm like, "Where's that in the Bible?" It's like, "Oh well, it's just wrong." I'm like, no, like I've heard of people. I don't know any person, but I've heard of people that would preach against like chrome bumpers and white wall tires and two tone colored cars and and like you can't drink coke and. Women can't wear open-toed shoes and stuff. I'm like, 
Show me. Really Pentecostal background. No, we didn't believe that. I'm just saying I know of people. Like we're, yeah. my church is stricter than a lot of a lot of churches, but there are some churches that are way just. Choom. And my thing is, if you can show me in the Bible and back it up in the Bible, I'm like, cool. Well, we can, problem, we'll do that. The problem but, with religion that's it's man trying to describe God and and yeah. define God, and it can't be done. Yeah. And and like you were saying, you know. A lot of it's between us and God. You know, there's there's stuff in the Bible that that um that is cut and dry. You know, don't kill people, don't sleep with your neighbor's wife, don't you know? There's there's a lot of things that you don't do that. But um there's there's some things that people will say. You know that I lost my train of thought. Okay, there's some things that I believe that individuals God deals with people because they can't handle something and it'll it'll like, uh, for instance, I know a woman that she had a pickup truck, and God told her to get rid of this pickup truck, and she fought with it and fought with it, and she got rid of it. And the reason behind that was uh, her daddy killed her, killed himself, and she bought that truck with the insurance money. And every time she'd get in that truck, she thought about him, and she would she stayed depressed. And she was so prideful of that truck that people, she wouldn't let nobody drive it, nobody touch it, is that was her truck. And, and between it having the connection and making her depressed and then her having so much pride in it, God didn't want her to have that truck. Now, she doesn't go around telling people, oh, you can't have a cool truck, you can't have a cool truck. But there are some people in this world that do. Some people, God will tell them, well, you can't do such and such because you can't handle it and it'll make you da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And they'll say, well, if I can't do it, can't nobody do it. You know, you can't. There, I heard one preacher that said you couldn't taper the back of your hair. You had to block it off when you got a haircut. <laughs> I'm like, I've, I've heard some crazy, yeah. crazy. Off, no, there's some people, um, and I'm not trying to bash people. I'm just saying that people get outside of the Bible. And it, like, I'll bash. It, it gets weird. <laughs> but there's there's folks, and this is mo mostly out like in Oklahoma way, that don't believe in deodorant. For some reason, it's hot as hell out here. Anyway, <laughs> 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 I got. If they met me, they would believe in deodorant because my wife makes fun of me because I'll get a shower before bed and put deodorant on before I even get into bed. And she said, "Why do you do that? You gonna rub it off before the morning?" And I told her that if I don't put deodorant on in about thirty minutes, I'm gonna stink. You gonna wish I had deodorant. On. <laughs> I promise you, they they smell like shit out that way. We just we was out here <laughs> oh, yeah. recently, and that might be why we, yeah. we didn't know that we run into a few of them. Some stinky sons of bitches. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's it's just to each their own when it comes to religion. I get mad about people picking and choosing what to believe, what not to believe, or whatever. I have a lot of friends that are. I'm in a gay wedding coming up, or a lesbian. <laughs> wedding i love them both dearly they are both like my sisters i do anything in the world for them and i get super pissed when i know what good hearts they've got and just the way they've chose to live i don't say anything about it i don't believe in it a hundred percent because it's in the bible not to and i love the good lord but at the same time it is not my place to judge them i don't give a shit how they live their life they can do whatever they want to and i'm fine with it just you know i don't like when people go that route with religion they pick and choose what to believe in, that's like a believe. pet peeve of people it, it's funny because um like i said it's that's in the bible and i, I don't believe in it but you shouldn't be ugly to folks you're damn right you know I, i've met i've worked people. with folks and, and it was gay and stuff like as long as you don't try to be gay with me we're gonna have we're gonna have a problem if you you, you come on to me but as long as you just be gay over there you know um you know, I talked with a guy one time, and I was like, man, you know, why? I don't understand. I don't get it. You know, why? Well, and they've it, got the same – they've got the same – when they see something, they're attracted to it. 
when we see something, we're attracted to it. It's called monkey brain. Me and, we've been joking about this all week. <laughs> yes, I was at the bar last night joking about it. You have monkey brain. When you see something and you want it, you desire it, you can't help it. You have a sinful heart anyway, regardless if you're talking about religion or if you're just talking about the way you're wired. We as men, every one of us has seen a woman at some point in time and just stood there like a dumbass and looked. <laughs> Absolutely. And you don't know why. You catch yourself doing it. And it's the same thing with someone who's not wired the same. When they see something, they're obsessed with it. Yeah. They want it. That's why if I can't control myself at staring at a pretty woman and liking her picture on Facebook or adding her ass before I even know what I did, they can't they can't help what turns them on. Well, I, that's why I leave it alone. I, I asked that guy. I was like, uh, I, was, I was like, man, I, I just don't get it. And he, he, I said, well, have you ever been with a woman? And he said, no, I, I, I had never been with one. I've just always been gay. And I said, uh, well, I don't condone. Uh, premarital sex in generally but in your case i'll make you an exception i said go <laughs> go find you a girl and then come back and you can tell me you know, can, tell me what you think you know <laughs> figure out what try it out. when a preacher tells you to go try it you know it's good <laughs> i was like that, that i will agree with you. <laughs> i was like in this situation one this one time i will make an exception yeah. and then there was a there was a she, he was he was he was a he was a black he was a black guy and we, we was working at a factory at the time and he, he was a black guy and and there was this black lady that was one of his friends and she came by and he was laughing about it. he said ha he said you hear what what Aaron just told me and she, she said she said what and and he told her he said well come on I you know come on with me and you know we'll I'll help. I'll hook I'll you up. You. I was like, well, "There you all, go." All I can say there you think about go. right now is those pray away or the pray away the gay camps they have or whatever. Oh, and it's like I feel like instead of them just praying for you, get a ten to walk in, <laughs> put it on you one time, and if they uh, if that don't fix the problem, then guess what? It ain't getting that ain't fixed. Getting fixed. <laughs> no, no, no. You 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 take some porn stars or whatever to the gay camp, and it's just like all of a sudden over with. So you want to hear my story of the escape? From yeah, let's go, let's get off yeah. this real quick. Yeah, if we, if we don't, I'm going to say real something <laughs> fucked up. No. <laughs> oh, Lord, no, this seriously happened to me last Sunday. Uh, uh, we were sitting at home, uh, Tegan and I and the boys, and and uh, we we had an escaped convict over in Telford County, which is two counties over. And uh, the dude, so my, uh, my nine year old, he runs around the side of the house, comes back in the back door. Mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, there's, there's a man in the yard. We're like, well, okay, it ain't uncommon. We live a mile out in the country from town, and, you know, people walk by the road all the time. Ain't no big deal. Well, a few seconds later, this guy knocks on the door, and uh, sure enough, a set of escaped convict. He'd been out in the woods for two days, and I guess he was tired and disoriented. So I'm like, oh, well, crap, what do I do here? Because he was considered armed and dangerous. So uh, so I, I, I walked outside and said, hey, man, can I help you? He's like, yeah, man, my, my truck broke down, blah, blah, blah. Typical story, right? And uh, I knew who he was. Tegan looked out the window. She knew who he was. Uh, but he was calm and polite. I give him credit. He was polite. He's probably just hungry and tired of being out in the cold and wet because mm -hmm. it was kind of cold last week. So anyway, so I said, well, hey, man, I'll give you a ride to town. Let me, let me step inside and get my shoes on. So I stepped inside, and I whispered to Tegan. I said, uh, call the law. Tell him I'm, I'm going to take him to the marathon station, which was about a mile up the road right on the edge of town. And um, she did. And uh, – so we went went to get in the truck. He's like, man, I, my clothes wet. I just get in the back of the truck. So when he got in the back of the truck, he he hopped down. He didn't want anybody to see him. 
And I got to call 911 again while he's in my truck. And I called 911 and said, hey, guys, uh, I got your escaped convict here. Where y'all want him? <laughs> you know. And, uh, but it, it worked out just fine. He kept his cool. I kept my cool. And uh, he never knew I was wow. on the phone with the cops with him. And we were able to apprehend him. So well, that was, we never uh, go to your house for anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wild. Hey, that, I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the Crackle Barrel down here. And get you a little something. That's, That's crazy. That was a crazy story. Well, we could, at any point we could have held him at gunpoint because we got guns in the house. Yeah. I had one in my truck, wow. but I'm like, but I'm like, you know, he's cool and calm and collected. He's probably tired. You never want to escalate. You want to de-escalate that's situation. Right, so, that's right. Yeah, so that worked out good. But that was my little exciting story from last week. I know. I, I saw the Facebook post. I was like, what the hell? I wish they'd have came here. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, you got him drunk and then take him to the jail. I would have got him drunk. <laughs> And then I would have been famous. I tell you, I'd have called Channel 13 before I called the law. I could just imagine the selfies you would take after you got him drunk and passed out. <laughs> Knock his ass hey, out. Tell him about the Crime Stoppers thing. Oh, man. You was talking about calling oh, 13 before. Crime Stoppers. Did y'all know this? No, no I didn't. No. Oh, no. I used to be a fuck up, right? It used to be bad. Well, at this one point in time, I had uh, I had to go to jail for something. That's I'm young here. Uh, it was when I got my DUI. Got my DUI. I got put on probation. Well, uh, my probation never got finished. They didn't finish filing the paperwork after I got them paying and had to quit going to visit. So for like a whole year in their system, they had down that I was supposed to come. Never called me, never sent me a message or anything. Never, nothing. It was just in their system, but there was no officer assigned to me. So I guess there's no officer assigned or whatever. They don't know what to do. I just fell through the cracks. Uh, anyway... I get a call from my family like at six, seven o'clock about five, six years ago. And they're like, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> and I'm like, and at the time I'm like, oh shit, I've been good for like a hot ass minute. Like I ain't got no trouble since Gracie was born. Mm -hmm. She'll be 10 this year. So she's like five or six at this time. And I'm like, I've done nothing lately. Like I, I ain't done anything. And I'm like, you're on TV. You're on Crime Stoppers. Your phone's probably about to explode. Sure enough, phone started blowing up. I called them or whatever, and I was like, sir, I don't know what the issue is, but you need to come here now. So I went to the jail, like in Macon, and like turned myself in, and I had to sit there for about two hours before somebody comes in there and apologizes to me from, because uh, they couldn't even see. They were like, we have no idea what's going on here, but you're you're sitting your ass here until we figured it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was the most embarrassing thing ever, but now I can laugh about it. Wow. I, I was they, there was like a three thousand dollar award somebody tagged me in, and uh, I called Crime Stopper said hey I, I was the guy that called nine one one and and turned the guy in they said well uh, since you called nine one nine one one first before you called us then we can't give you the reward Those sons of I'm like, really really yeah yeah. Oh. I was like, okay, Some, thanks for nothing. Somebody yeah. just pocketed that three grand with Crime Stoppers. Somebody's just going to have the consciousness of mind in an emergency situation. Oh, I, I'm serious. I should call Crime Stoppers before the, the yeah, law. I'm seriously right. going to do a, a, a Crime Stoppers TikTok slam video. <laughs> you should. Yeah. You should. I can be part of that one since they fucked me too. Um, <laughs> we'll play, anyway, we'll uh, play uh, that after the you, show. Would you, play in, would you play in like the gospel song earlier? Um Tyler, I want you to, to do the, uh, the doing what you want real fast for him okay. since they haven't got to hear it or whatever. Right. Um, cause I think those two really kind of go really, really well together. Um, and then we'll bullshit for a couple more minutes. You you got another one you want to play? I can. Okay, we'll get, we'll get you to play another one too before All we right. get out of here. Um, 
But yeah, no, I dig, I dig what you're doing, dude. I like I like the whole you. route you're going with it. It fits in perfect with the the image that we're trying to to build here and the ideas we got. So any help you need or whatever, I'm sure don't right. let us know because I think you're doing thank you. I think you're doing a very good thing. I think you're going about it in a way that will touch a lot of people. That's that's the goal. I hope sure hope so. You've heard this a million times too, but it's so freaking good. He hadn't played it on the show yet. Um, so I wrote this song with my buddy Colin Middleton, and he's actually, uh, I actually have the honor of going in with him to the studio next Tuesday and producing this for him. He's going to cut this song and one more that we wrote. But uh, I'd been on the road for several months, been busy, busy all the time, hadn't had time to really sit down and, and write and didn't have any ideas really. I had kind of a block going on because I was so taking up with things going on in my own life and trying to trying to keep the pace with uh, touring and everything. And, um, so finally, I picked out an evening when I got in off the road and was supposed to be home for about two or three days. And I called Colin and I said, look, I don't care what your plans are for tomorrow evening. You come to the house when you get off from work and I'll buy some beer and grill us a steak and do a nice supper and you're not leaving my house till we finish the song. He said, all right, bud, I'll be there around 7.30. You know, he came over from Statesboro. I was living in Baxley at the time. And uh, we hadn't even really kicked off right, and we were just kicking around ideas, hadn't latched on to one yet. And uh, we were sitting on the front porch drinking a beer, and uh, talk fell to uh, past relationships that we've been in, the various reasons why they didn't work out. And, he said, I guess if I had to blame it on one thing, it'd be the fact that I'm so damn hard-headed. And I said, yeah, yeah, I, I could say the same thing. And he took his he took his drink and he kind of swirled what was left in the bottom of it. And he said, I'm still doing what I want, though. And I said, uh, well, there's our song idea. Let's go write it. And we went inside and wrote it. And this is what we got. Crushed out the cigarette that was gonna be my last one And then I lit another right behind it I took the last sip of whiskey from my cup Looking for the well not to fill it back up But I just can't seem to find it There's a half a pack and a pint already gone Still doing what I want Maybe I should crack the good book Been a while since I gave King James a look Lord knows I like to do things on my own And buddy, you might say How could I let her walk away? She was an angel And now I'm stubborn to the bone I guess she finally had enough She made me choose and I call her bluff Well, some things I could change But I just don't I'm still doing what I want It cost me my old truck one night I hit that curb doing 105 But I walked away without a scratch 
For all that luck and all that's left I still ain't figured out yet Why I can't let go of what I can't get back So I just do my best at moving on I'm still doing what I want Maybe I should crack the good book Been a while since I gave King James a look Lord knows I like to do things on my own But you might say How could I let her walk away She was an angel And I'm stubborn to the bone I guess she finally had enough She made me choose and I called her bluff Well, some things I could change But I just don't But I'm still doing what I want At least that's what I thought Thought I had nothing to lose Guess I've learned a thing or two Maybe I should crack the good book been a while since I gave King James a look Lord knows I like to do things on my own And buddy you might say How could I let her walk away She was an angel And I'm stubborn to the bone I guess she finally had enough She made me choose and I called her bluff and I let my foolish pride drag me along And it still won't let me admit it when I'm wrong But I'm still doing what I want I'm still doing what I want It, song. That's good. It, it don't matter Thank how God. many times I hear it, dude. What a hook. It Man, does, just killer. It does not matter how many times I hear it. I appreciate it, touched your right hand. Oh, no, it grabs my <laughs> fat ass. Because you want to do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm going to. <laughs> I think that's a secret at this point. I'm not, I'm not wired to listen. <laughs> I'm not. Um, no, you know I love you. I just, uh, mm. I, when people haven't heard it before, I heard you. Yeah. It's all I have to got to make sure you do it. Well, I appreciate it. It's great, man. I love yeah, it. Wow. That was good. Thank so, you. So, uh, one thing we're going to bother Chuck about a lot coming up soon, whereas I'm learning, me and you both, or whoever's part of it, mm -hmm. learn how to do sound engineering and stuff. Chuck's amazing at what he does. I've heard uh, that. He's, he's like very, it. very good. And if you're looking for a studio to work with right now and you're listening and like you like the talent that's in this room right now, you need to hit up Chuck Hutchinson, go to his studio, record some stuff. Uh, what is it? It's, it's music artist pipeline. Music artist pipeline. You we got call it Map, shirt on. Map for short. Map, Map for short. Map Studios. Music artist pipeline. Yeah. I love it. Love it. We're going to be working. Hopefully, all of us be working together, yeah. helping each other. We're going to take over Mid South Georgia, buddy. We are. And then it's not. It's not even a joke. It's going to happen. It. <laughs> it's going to. Um, Aaron, before we get out of here, we got time for for one more. Uh, since we got to hear all about you today. I'm going to start calling you Preacher Dan, probably. <laughs> um, uh, no, I just want to tell you, and uh, you know, I want Tyler and Casey to say something, too, because uh, we all, well, we know each other decently, and uh, the, the stuff you said a while ago, it really resonated with me. And I, I think if more people, how, how we started this off today, 
with you talking about how you were, you know, released a couple of the songs you didn't want to do, how you wanted to market yourself or whatever. Yeah. You putting that right out here that you, what you just did, mm -hmm. that's how you market yourself. Because you, uh, you got, I know, one more fan just well, from your story. You. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me and Chuck might need to talk about some recording afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. Knock um, the blocks off. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, that one I plan on the next you know, album or whatever. I hope to do an album eventually. But anyway, um, that that's going to be on there. And this this next one, I think it's probably on there too. And I'm either going to, I'm going to name the album after one of these two songs. It's either going to be Jesus Smith and Wesson and the Marlboro Man or this next song, Too Country for the Church, Too Christian for the Bar. Um, I have, say that one more again. Say that one more again. Too country for the church, too Christian for the bar. If you don't name your album that, you, well, see, you're I have, wrong. I have great, <laughs> I have, I have great concept of the cover art for both, but um, yeah. I, and I had decided I'm kind of leaning toward that because people seem to love this song I'm about to sing, and it sounds way better with a band, and we just rock out. And um, there's actually a, a very poorly shot video of the song on my um, <laughs> with a band, bro. <laughs> I promise you, you ain't the only person with a poorly shot video. <laughs> now, is a is a place um we was at a place called Puckett's in Leapers Fork outside of uh, y'all know who that is. I love that yeah. place. I've, I've done right. the open mic a couple of times, and actually in June. They're booking me to do a, my first actual show where people are going to have to pay to come see he, me. He's moving um, on. And, uh, yeah. In June, they're at Leapers Fort. They want me back for a two-hour show after I did th that song that I just did and this song the other night. And somebody recorded it live. And, you know, when you do live, it's just the grainiest, ugliest video you've ever seen in your yeah. life. And anyway, so that's on my Facebook page. You can check that out with my band. You, or, you just need a bar stool, a brick facade behind you, and a neon cross and sing this song. There you go. Oh yeah, I dig it. Uh, I actually my con my my <clears throat> my concept, and it may it may sound like garbage in my head. It sounds amazing, but the the <laughs> cover of the album Two Country for Church, it, it'll have my idea is have my face split and have I have a beard, have my beard, my cowboy hat, and behind me on this side be like a church scene, and then I'm gonna shave and, and fix my hair, and then on this side it'll be that with a bar behind me. Yeah, and that that's kind of my cool. idea for the for the cover art. That'd be neat. Um, but um. But yeah, it, people seem to really like this song. But um, like I said earlier, for a long time, I just felt like my, my music just fell between the cracks. I didn't know what to do with it. So uh, wrote a song about it. You want to hear it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, trust me. I'm going to like it. <laughs> I don't go out drinking, painting this town red. I don't wear a suit and tie Unless somebody's dead Don't mind sitting with the sinners But other sins that don't take part Too country for the church Too Christian for the bar <laughs> I just want to sing my songs With too much guitar and too much twang that ain't possible. I just want to sing about how Jesus is king somewhere between and often played in cover charge too country for the church too Christian for the bar they say that I don't fit into their shiny little church 
Because I speak the truth No matter who it hurts They say you don't fit the mold And we don't know just what you are Too country for the church Too Christian for the bar I just want to sing my songs With too much guitar, too much swing I just want to tell about How Jesus is King Somewhere between An often played and covered charge Too country for the church Too Christian for the bar They don't want me around the juke joints They say with us you don't belong they say, boy, we like your picking. There's too much Jesus in your songs. But somebody's got to reach them. No matter where they are. Too country for the church. Too Christian for the bar. I just want to sing my songs. With too much guitar, too much twang. I just want to tell about how Jesus is King somewhere between and often played in cup charge too country for the church too Christian for the bar too country for the church too Christian for the bar yeah. Woo! <laughs> wow. Sir, songwriters are going to love you. Oh, my God. Dude, that's... Killer. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That right here. Mm -hmm. you, you, as long as you are open and honest about the music that you're about to put out here, like what I mean is don't ever sugarcoat like what you are. Yeah. You be open and vocal about exactly who you are, and people are going to love you. Yep. Authentic. Thank you. That's, yeah, word, dude, that's different. That's the, that's the that, word. That is different. That is good. That is literally is is perfect. Yeah, it's right here in the middle. Thank it, you. It, it's, That's what everybody's. I've talked to people in the industry. Like we actually had the uh, making all kinds of noise. We actually had the chance to talk with uh, Doug Johnson, who wrote uh, Three Wooden Crosses. He's yeah. uh, vice president of A and R at uh, Black River Entertainment. We had a meeting with him. I sang him a few songs, and he was like, he's like, man, you're you're right in the middle of everything. He said, I, I don't know where to put you. He said, I don't know what to do with you. And uh, I talked with uh, another, a couple more industry people, and they all say the same thing. Said, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> you're, you're, right, you're right in the middle of, of country and gospel, and, and there's not, I don't, everybody says, I don't know what the market is for that. Well, we just have to start so, another genre. We're going to start another right. market. It, it, it's right. still country. I, 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 I agree. Nobody I, it's still, it's still country. Yeah, it's people, that's what you, I'm pushing. Anyway, you, that's, that's I would almost think, and I think Casey and, and Tyler will have a better idea of this. Me, I'm just taking a guess here. Uh, a lot of people don't like God in their music that are these companies or whatever because they don't want to get the backlash from it. About, I mean, all the bullshit now, the cancel culture and everything. Everything's got to be politically correct. Yeah, they're scared somebody's going to call and be like, or complain or want to boycott the studio because yeah. you're singing about God and on country radio or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you will do just fine just being yourself and putting out there exactly what you're doing. Does it might come in? Sounded like it. I don't know. Oh, well. I think this place is haunted. 
<laughs> We're gonna need you to baptize this whole place before you get out of here, preacher Dan. Um, but no, I think I think you put out on social media the way you market yourself is you put out exactly who you are, and musicians first off are gonna absolutely love you. Yeah, and then creative people are gonna love you. You're, I mean, it's different, but it's it, it's honest, it's good, and, yeah. and by the way, your voice, nineties yep. twang, yep. Swing. Oh, I love it. Chills, man. I do. It yeah. is. Y'all brought through his fucking hat a while ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. You got, I, was like, I was like, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, everybody had to hear it, but there's, there was a note you hit, and it was raspy, uh -huh. but it was good. And to me, I mean, you look at each other when you hit it. He's like, yeah, oh, the, la the last verse. Yeah. So, sometimes in that key. I love some, that. Some, I used to sing that song in the lower key like in, like in A or B flat or something, and it was almost too low. The guy who plays bass for me, Don Wallace, he said, can you bump that up a few keys and kind of put some rasp in it? I was like, I think I can. And and um, and um we done it, and that's how we do it now. It sounds good. And every, sometimes I can't quite hit that note and be like, ah! <laughs> but, you, yeah, you're having a good day today. Huh? I'm having a good day today. Well, <laughs> Pollen didn't get you this time. Well, yeah. you, uh, well, you made us all have a good day today, Mr. Aaron. Thank I'm you. I'm very glad you came. You keep doing what you're doing. And uh, me and uh, Tyler and Yarbrough, we're going to do an episode too but we uh we appreciate y'all coming mr chuck yes sir thank y'all for having y'all uh y'all guys are awesome i love y'all and uh i can't wait to i can't wait to see what you got in the future there aaron i think you're going to uh surprise a lot of people and a lot of people are really going to resonate with your message too. i hope so I yeah hope so. well thank y'all and thank y'all for tuning into politics religion and whiskey we will catch y'all next time